when you don't feel good, you know, you're experiencing anxiety, you're experiencing stress, um, your thoughts are racing, you can't focus, like try to take a step back and just watch what's going on. The journey of learning how to love ourselves is a messy one. There will be times you may not be able to see the big picture. And the truth is, that is why we need each other in our paths to guide us home. Welcome back to another episode of Positive AF Podcast. I'm Des DaCosta, and today we're diving in with Taiha Sloan. We talk about her struggle over the years with her body image, putting her body through abuse and exerting her body through strenuous workouts as an athlete. She is now a coach, helping others to see their true value and love themselves unconditionally. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Positive AF. I'm your host, Des DaCosta, and today I'm talking to a powerful healer. She helps people struggling with body image to reach their full potential of intrinsic worth and self-love. Taiha Sloan, welcome to Positive AF. Thank you so much for having me, Des. It's so funny. Me and Des went to middle school together, and this is our really first time uh, connecting. So I'm super stoked to be here and very grateful that she asked me to be on the podcast and can't wait for this conversation. Yeah, I mean, honestly, quick story time. Like that was way back when at this point, like 2007, maybe 2008. So that was a long time ago. And we've definitely went on our separate journeys and have reconnected, I think, at the perfect time to hold this space and just bring value to people. We just want to do that, you know, so um, to kick it off, I think it's always best to open up the space with some gratitude. So Taiha, can you tell me something that you are grateful for right now? Literally everything in my life. Um, I'm grateful that I live next to the beach in San Diego, um, getting to dip in the water even in the wintertime and, you know, getting a little bit of cold water therapy in the middle of my day is so refreshing. Growing up in Hawaii, I was definitely missing that for several years when I wasn't living next to the ocean. Um, I'm very grateful for my clients and witnessing the work that they are putting in to take back control of their lives, to reconnect with the parts of themselves that have been neglected and therefore, you know, act out through them in ways that don't serve us anymore. Um, So being able to guide people through their own self-discovery is such an honor. And I am grateful for myself and the constant work that I do to be aware of my thoughts, be aware of my energy and my ability to be wrong and see other sides so that I can gain a broader perspective because I know that my lens is just that it's my lens and it's usually pretty narrow so um I do I've been working on giving myself acknowledgement and and gratitude so um yeah I would say I'm grateful for myself Mm, yes I feel all that you really 
help to ground us in this moment with the gratitude. Um, I love, you know, that's one of my non-negotiables is to always express gratitude in my gratitude journal from the moment that I wake up and any possible moments in our busy schedules that I have some downtime to just be able to be grateful for the things that we have. And, and, you know, that really, I think allows us to then um, bring more value to others and heal others. And I would really love to get into your story of how you do that for people. I know that you help people struggling with, with body image, but before we really dive into that, how does your story start? And when did you realize this was your calling? Uh, well, um, I grew up in Hawaii where I experienced, you know, as I've done this work, I've, I've figured out where these issues have stemmed from, which were unmet needs as a child, you know, I, I didn't, uh, feel enough love. I didn't, I'm not blaming anybody for this. It's just what happened. Um, stories I created for myself in being unlovable, unworthy, um, all of that kind of stuff snowballed into some um, like lack of self-love and starting to attach my worth to my physical appearance. Um, I wrestled in high school where I was very successful and I also had to cut weight, which was difficult and kind of messed with my relationship with food. And I, at the same time, I was praised for the hard work and dedication and discipline that I had and the body that I had. So through all of that, I created this story that I needed to look a certain way, very skinny, very lean, very muscular um, in order to be loved and in order to be worthy. So living in Hawaii, we also, you know, walked around in swimsuits all the time, which was, you know, a whole thing itself. Um, so that all kind of uh, caused me to develop disordered eating habits and um, body dysmorphia. And I experienced anorexia, bulimia, binge eating. Um, it was very, very for a little bit. Um, and it was a it's been a process. I'm not healed. I'm not sure I ever will be healed and that's okay. Um, but it has been like a bunch of different stages that I've gone through and remembering some of the darkest times is sometimes crazy to me because I forget that that's actually who I was for a moment in my life. Um, and through all of it, as I gained, you know, there's kind of like this downhill, 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 downhill. And then you hit real rock bottom. And then you, you realize that, you know, this could go two ways. I could literally die or I could take back control of my life because I learned through wrestling really that I'm completely in control of my path. So I told myself, you know, I'm not going to throw up anymore. Um, and through that, through all of the experiences, I knew that I was experiencing this for a reason and that I had the capacity to experience this so that I could share what I experienced and help people as I started healing myself through it all. It's been 
10 years of this um, and it comes in waves. So, but I can say that I am so far, like I had no idea that I could get here again from where I was. Um, but through it all, I really chose to be open as soon as I felt I had a, I had a calling to like share what I was going through, even though it was terrifying because, you know, mental health issues, eating disorders, they're kind of taboo. Nobody talks about it. Instagram is this highlight reel and everybody has this great life. So why would I want to like dampen everybody's parade by sharing this kind of difficult experience? But I chose to do that because I knew that so many women and people in general experienced what I experienced and didn't feel safe in sharing. And I dealt with so much alone for so long. And I actually made most of the progress through the difficult part alone, which is really hard. And I didn't want people to have to do that. So I thought if I shared, people would feel at least comfortable in maybe reaching out to me and sharing what they had gone through or even gaining confidence to share themselves with a therapist or their family or whoever. So I started doing that. And as I, as I did that, I gained more confidence. I started to learn that the more I declared what was going on, the less power it had over me, the more I could own what I was experiencing and the, the less I felt trapped through it. So I kept doing that and I, um, at the same time, I, I was very unhappy in my engineering job, um, did it because I thought it looked good and would make me a lot of money, quickly realized how unfulfilling that was. And within a year of working in the field, I left and entered the fitness industry, um, which I had always been passionate about, but through the couple of different jobs I had in the fitness industry, I realized how it didn't feel that in alignment to me anymore because a lot of people are into fitness and changing their body and working out because they're unhappy with how, with their current state. Um, and, you know, a lot of people can say that it, it's, they're doing it because they, they love it or whatever. But I think there's a, there's, I've learned there's a lot of layers underneath um, that cause us to do things. So that's been another journey of like pushing myself to release that identity of being the fit, fit girl. Um, and so through that, I realized, you know, I, I know there's more that I want to be doing with my life. And I know I'm a healer. But rather than just physical, I think I want to do mental, emotional, didn't know spiritual was going to get in there, but here we are. Um, and I enrolled in a life coaching program to continue healing my own relationship. Because again, like these are hardwired patterns that have been in my life for a long time. And it's consistent effort and work to catch my thoughts and love my, love my inner child for feeling that way because you know she's still just searching for love and attention um but the the program was just way like I had no idea what I was getting into um but my body felt it and that's why I decided to follow through with something 
so big. It was 10 months long and very intensive and very expensive. Um, but it was the best thing that I could have done for myself. I am now, um, haven't gone back to training. I train on the side, but in my privately, I, I found the gym environment, like the energy there just didn't align with me anymore. And now I'm, um, coaching people one-on-one and I'm also creating some body awareness programs, um, because the physical does have to do with your healing when you're holding yourself in this scared posture, you know, shoulders up, shoulders hunched, rounded over, you're in this like fearful position. So I'm really incorporating all of it and focusing on nurturing the internal world so that you can release attachment to the external and receive everything in the external because you have no attachment to anything. You don't need anything. So you get everything now. So um, yeah, it's been a journey, but it, it's been the most exciting, fulfilling experience. And I, I can't wait to see where else this ride takes me. That is extremely exciting. You know, just hearing from where you've been and how you had to overcome your own struggles and the way that you want to basically just be there for other people who are in the same boat and and be that person who you needed in those times of need as well. I know that you you talk a lot about inner child healing, you know. I I think the best thing any healer can do is to tell other people that you have all the tools inside of you and I'm I'm only I'm here we're all here to walk each other home, you know. We're all just here to walk each other home. And um man, that's so powerful. I'm just remembering you know back in middle school and stuff like how much of a natural leader you were you know people would just gravitate towards your energy because you you had it you know you always had that energy and it was always I think your destiny to help people in that way you know so I feel like I definitely look up to you for that thank you that's that's so nice to hear Mm because I was really as I've done this work I was like wow I was really going through it in middle school like it was, a, it was a difficult time for me, but I do feel very much so like, I think I was a, our class president in seventh grade or something like that. I forgot about that. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. I, I feel very um, much more confident in taking that role now and not, not as like, I think I, I used to want to make myself smaller. Um, and I think that was out of fear that people people wouldn't like me or people would you know get annoyed with me or whatever for being being in that role but as I've built the confidence and worth within myself to know that no I I'm here to to do this um and it's okay for me to shine my shine my light and and be this person for others um so that other people can see that they have that same light in them, you know? 100%. Yeah. And I think your vulnerability has really allowed yourself to show strength through it and allow other people to not be afraid to step into their paths of healing as well. You know, I think um, a lot of people just don't know where to start. 
right? So for somebody who might be listening to this and who might be going through it, that same rocky first steps, what would you say to them to start on their journey of healing? I would say the first thing is to just start becoming aware of the times that you don't feel good. When you don't feel good, you know, you're experiencing anxiety, you're experiencing stress, um, your thoughts are racing, you can't focus, like try to take a step back and just watch what's going on. Um, An analogy that I like to use is, you know, we feel, you know, when you go to a movie and you are watching the movie that and it's so good that you feel like you're in the movie and you get lost like in the movie that's how we tend to live our lives um because we're so like single focus like go 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 do this do this do this um we forget that we're actually not this we are we have consciousness which means that we can watch ourselves experience what we're experiencing and doing what we're doing and going where we're going so in those moments see if you can remove yourself from the movie screen and realize that you're in the audience watching your life on the screen watching yourself when you do this when you're able to detach yourself you can observe what's going on and not identify with it. Because what happens when we're experiencing these lower frequencies, um, we identify with them and make them us. I am my anxiety, I am my stress, I am my racing thoughts, I am my, um, I, I, I can't focus, you know, that's just how I am, but it's not. And, and realizing that it's not you and it doesn't have to be you and it doesn't have to always be this way is the first step gaining the awareness that you can remove yourself allows you later on to be able to shift so i would say bringing that awareness in um, and taking the back seat and watching what's going on for you is a really good first step Mm. yeah that's a good one yeah i mean honestly We spend so much time attached and finding value and placing value on ourselves directly correlating to our thoughts. And, you know, that's just one of the many patterns and habits and behaviors that we need to break that we, you know, just that are just conditioned um, in us at a very young age and for no fault to anyone who had perhaps told us those thoughts or ideas were true. what are some other things that come to mind that are some like patterns or behaviors that are conditioned in us at a young age that we just need to start eliminating for, you know, for our best interests? Mm -hmm. So another thing that people can do is start distinguishing um, what's actually happening and then the story that they're telling themselves about it, because everything we experience is, the story that we, we experience the world as the stories that we are making up, right? We're not, none of us are really living in reality until we realize 
you know, that we've been living in this story. So bringing awareness to, you know, my, my wife yelled at me going out the door and I make that mean um, I'm a bad husband. Like that's not what's happening. All she did was yell at you, right? So separating those will help you start to see what's actually happening and releasing those stories that don't um, serve you. Um, in regards to patterns, taking on other people's um, words, actions, ways of being as being about us is a huge one that I've been practicing. And this is really important because again, it's what we're making it mean. If somebody is, you know, your boss is pissed off and, you know, telling you to like really hurry up on doing this paper or whatever, and you take on that as meaning that he doesn't think you're a good worker and you're going to get fired, that is going to affect your experience and affect your work and affect, you know, if you just think about what, what that brings up in your body, you're going to start feeling like this fear of your safety because you don't know if your job's secure anymore. When we learn that when people are outlashing um, at us, they got to be going through something that's causing them to do that. They've been repressing emotion. They've been repressing their anger. It has nothing to do with me. If they were able to be in reality, they'd know that expressing this in a way that would allow me to do my work effectively so that they can actually get what they want, that would be, that would work out better, but they don't. And, and so learning to not take things personally because everything anybody ever does is a reflection of that person, not me, is so beneficial. Yeah, that, yeah, sorry. No, that brings up um, directly from the four agreements. Mm. And I'm sure you've read that one of the pillars is don't take anything personally. Mm-hmm. And it's really just everything you just said there. It's normally something going on in that person's life. And anybody's reaction to you has really nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. And the more rooted and anchored in your own worth and love for yourself that you are, the more all of that just like bounces off of you. Like it has nothing to stick to. But when you have this wound in you already that is like, oh, I'm unworthy, I'm unsafe, I'm unloved, that's gonna really poke at that. And that's why you want to take it personally. So it's important to start cultivating those feelings within yourself so that you can um, allow things to just like come at you because they're always going to come at you. That's not going to stop. That's just the way the world is. Life gets lifey, but we learn how to deal with it better and better through focusing on our internal world and nurturing ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And kind of in line with that topic of self-love and nurturing self-love, 
you shared something on your Instagram like recently that I thought was so interesting and I would love to get your take on it if you could elaborate it on it a little bit more. It was just your quote that was so powerful that said, you can't fully love someone if you need them. Can you tell me what that means to you? Yeah. So this is something I've been learning for myself recently because I have dealt with a lot of codependency in my life. Um, I didn't receive, um, I created a story that I was, I needed other people. I needed to reach externally to receive the love that I desired. So even my friendships, I was very dependent on my friendships. And then I got a boyfriend and I was very dependent on him. And then I was like a serial monogamist for a while. And even when I wasn't in a relationship, I was dating. Um, And it's funny because this stuff is just like layers and layers and layers. Like I think I figured it out and then there's just more and more and more, but it's great. Um, I, I've realized that I used to feel so dependent on somebody. One of my relationships, I couldn't be away from him for like a week. I was feeling like I was dying. Um, I slept with him every single night when I wasn't with him. I, you know, he'd go somewhere else, like out with friends. I'd have a panic attack. Like I was extremely dependent on him to feel okay. As I progressed in my relationships that improved, but I was still focusing on, you know, needing the relationship to feel okay. I need to be with somebody to feel whole. I need to be in a relationship to feel okay. Um, And I started to realize how much that was creating a conditional um, a conditional love for the person because I needed something in return. I needed my safety. I needed my security. I needed my worth through the relationship, through the love. And that isn't allowing me to love to the capacity, to the level that I know I can love now. And some people might, you know, not understand this. And what I've learned is like, you, you can't know or feel what levels can be reached until you reach them. And that's why I do this work because I'm expanding and I'm learning and I'm reaching new levels with each experience. And it's, it's so cool because it, had I not, you know, looked at this certain thing or, or, face myself in this certain way, I never would reach these new levels and know that they existed. But as I've realized this, what I've been able to do is, again, because I've worked so hard on nurturing my inner child, giving myself what I need, paying attention to them, and releasing personability and everything, I've anchored myself in my worth and my love for myself that I know that no matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. I don't need anybody. And 
I got to practice that in certain situations where, you know, I, I felt like something wasn't, you know, the, the levels that were being brought to the relationship weren't equal. And that was actually okay, because that used to not be okay. If I, if I was loving somebody and they didn't love me as much, or they didn't text me back as much or all of that, I would feel like something is wrong. Something is not right. I need that same amount, that same level for this to be okay. But that was that same conditional. I needed them to give me what, to fill something in me that was not there yet, that love wasn't there yet, that worth wasn't there yet. Um, and so that put, that, that caused me to put like hooks in them, like, like uh, tie them, catch them with a lasso. Like you can't leave me. I'm scared of you leaving me or else that hole's going to be there again. So with my new experiences, I've been able to practice realizing that, oh, wow, this, this is not being returned, but that's okay because I'm so rooted in myself. I don't need it. And I just get to love you even when you're in that state, when you're in that stage. You know, I got, uh, I went through a breakup and, and I got to practice, wow, this is great. I know that because I'm doing this work on myself and if I keep loving so hard and so fearlessly and unconditionally, that love's going to return to me, whether from that person or a new person or somewhere else that I can't even conceive of yet, it will return back to me. And so I've been really working on as hard as it is sometimes because, you know, I'm, I'm still improving my like no matter what, because I know that I have everything within myself and I, that type of love, loving yourself, loving your inner children, holding them and giving them the attention that they've been looking for in the external world your entire life feels so much better than anything that you've been looking for externally, relationships, love from your mom, love from, you know, this stable job, whatever, nothing compares to it. And as you cultivate that, you can just keep giving your love out and asking for nothing in return. And then your external world will give you everything that you've wanted because you are keeping your heart open even when you get broken up with, even when it hurts, even when it's not returned. The universe rewards courage and will always return to you what you give out to it. So um, I hope that made sense and um, elaborated on that a little bit more. I appreciate you going into so much detail and depth because I can I see so many similarities in my own path of codependency. And in fact, a lot of them never were revealed to me until last year with everything shutting down, not being able to see my friends as much as I wanted to, not being able to travel home safely or feel like I could and also, you know, in my personal relationships, realizing just how codependent I am, there was a point in time where I definitely broke down and had to reevaluate, like, what's going on, everything in the world is crashing, and I don't really feel 
safe like you say all the time it all goes back to safety um I also like how you mentioned being able to love someone unconditionally and removing the expectations which could then lead to resentment and which puts up those values like you place values on things I never thought about it that way but it makes a lot of sense yeah um learning a lot <laughs> it actually reminds me because um I had a previous interview um with Rosemary Fajardo she's about my third or second interview on positive AF and she's also like a heart centered coach healing people through breakups and I feel like a lot of what you said mirrors what she said about just detaching from the expectations but to me and I'm still working on this that just is mind-boggling because I'm conditioned so much to feel as if this person I deserve this much from this person and if they're not giving it to me then that's like totally wrong then it's you know Mm -hmm. it doesn't make sense but I'm you know like you said still doing the work that it takes to not have that conditional values placed on love Mm -hmm. yeah yeah well we are actually coming to a close and as we do I want to call upon the audience I want you to get a chance to basically if you had all of the ears on earth and an entrance into the minds of everybody what would you tell them what is one thing that you would tell them to invite positivity into their life I think the key to feeling happier, feeling more free, being more positive is to allow yourself to just be. And I think we have been conditioned to feel like we need to do things all the time, to hustle for our worth, to not feel certain emotions because they're bad to feel. And what's happening is we're causing energy, precious life force energy to be trapped in our bodies and manifest as pain, whether it be anxiety, stress, physical pain, um, anger. And so what I would love people to do is just to, I'd like to remind them that there's no bad emotion. Emotions are just the language of the body. Sensations are just the language of the body. And they have an innate wisdom. And they're just desiring to flow through you. So the moment that you start to feel anything at all, especially if it is one of those quote unquote, not good energies, um, I would encourage you to push through, push, push past the, the um, limits that you've kind of put yourself in for now, because what happens is we start to fear things and then we resist and we resist and we resist. Um, And then it gets scarier and scarier and scarier to do it. So 
push past your limits a little bit and try to sit in the emotion that you're feeling. Try to sit in your, if you're angry, try to sit in it. Don't ignore it. Don't say you shouldn't feel this. Sit with the anger. Don't go up into the head and create stories about the anger, but just focus on what the anger physically feels like in your body. Where is it? Is it in your chest? Is it in your throat? Is it in your face? And just be with that. When you allow your body to feel what it's feeling, you create space for the energy to start moving through you. You start to feel anxiety. It's scary at first because you've been running away from anxiety likely your whole life. But once you cross that threshold and you can and you start to sit with it, you realize that it's not actually as scary as you you um, thought it would be. And you expand your capacity to feel things, which means that you're feeling safer to feel and you're feeling safer to just be. You can allow yourself to be who you are, to experience what you're experiencing, to feel what you're feeling. And we tend to um, resist everything that we are a lot of the time because you know we've been taught we're not good enough, you shouldn't feel that way, blah, 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 blah. So sit in your feelings and allow yourself to feel them and then get up and move them somehow, whether with breathing exercises, moving, dancing, working out, running, or sound, yelling, screaming into your pillow, um, singing, whatever it is to get that energy moving, it will allow you to free up some of that life force energy that you've been using to resist this stuff. And you will have more capacity to be happy and freer and more positive. That was amazing. Beautifully said. I know you have so much more value to give, but we only have so little time. So I want to make sure that everybody who's listening can get in contact with you. What's the best way for people to get in contact with you? So my name is Tai Ha Sloan. Um, that's like Thailand and Ha Ha put together. Um, it's T-H-A-I-H-A. S-L-O-A-N. And you can find me on Instagram at Taiha Sloan or on Facebook at Taiha Sloan. Um, and I will be coming out with a online course on body awareness soon. So you can look out for that. Um, and all my information is pretty much on my, for my coaching and everything is on my Instagram and Facebook. So yeah. I love it. Thank you so much, Taiha, for allowing me your time and your energy and your space. Thank you for everything that you're doing for everyone, um, you know, who's just in your network and beyond. You're going to touch so many people's lives. So thank you for everything that you do. Thank you so much for your kind words and for having me. It's been great getting to know you again. And I can't wait to um, continue listening to all that you're doing. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for lending me your time today. If you found a moment of Zen through this episode, I kindly ask that you leave a review on iTunes so that this message might reach more people. For daily positivity and to join a community of awesome humans, follow us on Instagram at ThePositiveAF.